Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what is up, everybody? I am Ben Kissel, and then I am with Marcus Parks. Hi. This is Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It is. Isn't that exciting? Always. I love it. So do I. Uh, we just finished doing our last podcast episode. Great stuff this week, Marcus. Thank you. Frontiersmen. Oh, it's go- It's a fascinating subject. You know, that's when men had to be real men, and ladies were real ladies. And now we have a lot of people who think um, that to be a, t- a tough man, uh, you just got to buy a bunch of things. <laughs> Or not buy a bunch of things, (laughs) specifically. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to talk about this op-ed. It was in the New York Times, and it was, it's scathing. Yeah. I can't really say, or maybe you have a different opinion, Marcus, but it doesn't seem like we're learning anything new. I'm a, but I want to just talk about the conversation in general where this guy, he's a senior White House official, which could mean a series of things. It's a pretty a wide range of people who could classify themselves as a senior uh, you know, government official at the White House. I think it's one of 29 people, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, but, but who really knows? Also, he might be fluffing himself up a little bit, he calls himself part of the resistance mm-hmm. from within. I just want to talk about not putting your name on something. And that, that's really what just bothers me so that's much. It? That's what bothers you most? It really does. Yeah, yeah. because, uh, you know, I don't know why all this uh, anonymously sourced op-eds, I just it put to have some courage, that's what I say, and put your name with your opinion if uh, you are really that concerned. Anyway, but we can talk about that in larger in a larger conversation a, l- a little bit later. Bob Woodward, uh-huh. he's got a book out. It's called Fear, uh-huh. and it's basically uh, reaffirming what Amarosa and uh, Michael Wolff wrote in his book, Fire and Fury. And so basically it's just talking about – it comes out on September 11th, so we, we only have the excerpts to go on. Just talking about how Donald Trump is a bit unhinged, and maybe it's the Diet Cokes. <laughs> maybe it's the caffeine. Maybe he's just having too many, too many Diet Cokes a day. Could be. It could rot the brain. I think it does. Aspartamine. That's not good. No. But he's losing weight. So we can talk about that book as well. Are we going to learn anything new or is it more of just the same? And at this point, we know, we kind of know the personality of the dude occupying the White House right Mm -hmm. now. So will there be any huge bombshells? We don't know yet, but perhaps there will be at the very least, unlike Michael Wolff or Omarosa, Bob Woodward is really a very respected journalist and uh, he's been around for decades upon decades and he's he's written books about every single president since nixon Mm -hmm. um so he's been around for a minute and he did attempt to reach out to donald trump to be interviewed for the book and donald trump although lindsey graham evidently did mention it one time to him quickly quickly (laughs) but i've heard lindsey graham talk and i would not say quick no 
Uh, he does not speak extremely fast. He's not like the guy trying to sell you micro-machines. No. Remember that commercial? I do. He spoke too fast, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why they did that. Because it got your attention, because you're still talking about it 30 years later. Yeah, but it was I couldn't even understand him. But you had micro-machines. I had one, (laughs) and then I stepped on it, and I was like, this really hurt. I I home-aloned myself. Yeah. Like, I was the wet bandit, but also the kid Uh home-alone, and I stepped on the micro-machine. And then I never touched it again. I don't understand. Micro Machines was one, it was one of the greatest lies ever told to us as children. Why were they fun? We're they were in, small. We're in the middle of a constitutional crisis, and you want to talk about Micro Machines? Well, there's other stuff to get to. Uh, <laughs> so with Bob Woodward writing the book, it gives a, a little bit more credibility. Mm-hmm. But again, will we learn anything new? That has yet to be seen. We also have to get to the Kavanaugh hearing. He had a heck of a week, about four days or so in in front of Congress. And, you know, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, folks really got their talking points out. They had they got they got their blurbs for their ads and mm-hmm. they can say that they were standing up against uh, Brett Kavanaugh. So we'll get into a little bit on that. I want to talk about quickly here in Massachusetts, though, another big election Really shades of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Of course, she was the one up in the Bronx, the gal in the Bronx, who beat the 10-term congressman. We have a a situation where history is repeating itself. Uh, Ayanna Presley, she beat a 10-term incumbent Democrat to win the nomination to represent Boston in Congress. Her opponent was Michael Capano, and he conceded, and she faces no Republican on the ballot in November. Wow. So Ayanna Presley, she's an African-American woman, uh, beat a 10-term congressman, and that really is going that's one of those situations that's occurring within the Democratic Party now where they're seeing people like uh, Ocasio-Cortez. They're seeing people like Presley win significantly against establishment figures. So this is the soul of the Democratic Party is do, you, do they want to be more centrist or do they want to go with more of the left-leaning candidates? And I think this is going to lead to a really fiery and hopefully mildly intellectual, I hope it's mildly intellectual, <laughs> debate going forward when it comes to 2019 going into 2020. I hope so. So that's a big election that happened. And it is funny, the very Democratic district, the Republicans that no one is better than a, a generic Republican, I guess. I mean, if you're over there and you're a Republican, just go, go do it. Then. <laughs> Get 4% or something. Just go hang Get, out. Yeah. Go hang out. They'll, they'll vote for you. So that's an interesting situation uh, that we're seeing consistently occur now throughout the primaries. The Democratic Party uh, doing doing well when it comes to candidates that are running from more of the left. But then, of course, you also have the moderates like the Connor Lambs out of PA 18 and things like that. Doug Jones, obviously, that was seems like a lifetime ago. Oh. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That was the last time I think I might have felt joy in American politics. Really? Yeah. Huh. It just took Roy Moore losing, huh? <laughs> well, that was a pretty... He, I think Roy Moore has a GoFundMe now. Yeah. Oh, I'm for pretty, what? I, oh, what is it broke. for? I swear to God, he talked about how he need, He was soliciting money anyway because he has. Uh, it's been rough for him financially when you're accused of pedophilia. Which, uh, yeah, that election was so disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so now he's groveling for cash from the same people that he was uh, supposedly uh, going to represent or attended or wanted to represent. Someone did start a GoFundMe in his name 
last year, mm-hmm. last November, uh, but they did not get very far. No donations yet. No donations. <laughs> really? No, they had a $15,000 goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was to, for, to support Roy Moore because the Democrats are on a purely fictional slander campaign against Judge Roy Moore. Really? Mm-hmm. Zero dollars. Yeah, uh, zero. That's... Thanks, Patriots, and have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, that's the way it should be. These people don't need your money. As a matter of fact, Brooke Rogers uh, over there at the New York Post editorial board, she's on the editorial board and my girlfriend, but she wrote a great article in the New York Post. It was entitled Go Fund Yourself, oh. which is fun. That's that's a fun pun. I like it. And it's all about how people were giving to Michael Cohen's Go Fund Me and all this kind of stuff. And it's just save your money. Yeah. Just Michael Cohen, he's worth $20 million. He's fine. He's fine. And he's not like some good guy now. He was bent over a barrel and he was forced to comply and forced to flip and forced to uh, imply that Donald Trump was engaging in felonious activity, probably because he was. Yeah. Um, but it's not like he did this out of the goodness of his heart. He was still the lawyer for Trump for 10 years, did everything uh, corrupt under the sun that a lawyer could possibly do, whether it be paying off uh, sex workers uh, or just lying you know, to protect his boss. Mm-hmm. He did it all. So I don't have any sympathy for the guy in many ways, and I certainly don't think you need to be spending your hard-earned money trying to give it to this man who, I mean, it's ridiculous. Lanny Davis is his lawyer. This guy is also multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Take him pro bono. Yeah. But Lanny doesn't want to do that. So don't bother. Don't bother with that. So let's get to what's going on now with Brett Kavanaugh. Now, this is significant, obviously, as all Supreme Court choices are. When we talk about how do, how do the Republicans deal with all the insanity, stupidity, uh, just just uh, performance from the president, it's because he is now going to have his second uh, nominee placed onto the Supreme Court, most likely, obviously, Neil Gorsuch being his first one. Now, Brett Kavanaugh, he presented himself well. I disagree with Brett on Citizens United. He's very pro-Citizens United. He's also, a, the. it's a controversial situation involving Roe v. Wade. Kind of speaking out of both sides of his mouth when it comes to that, there were a lot of protests there, uh, a lot of people standing up and then shouting, and then they were uh, they were removed by the Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit of a, a little cr- crazy kind of carnival-like atmosphere for theoretically a really boring event. Yeah, uh, but nonetheless, it, it was it was exciting in its own right. So when it comes to Roe v. Wade, they just released uh, many many emails. I mean, thousands and thousands of emails, and they released them. Uh, they declassified them about eight hours before the hearings were supposed to begin. So uh, the Republicans had them a little bit earlier. Some Democrats were quite upset about that. Would they have read them anyway? I have no idea. But there was one email that has a lot of people um, who are pro-choice on that side, um, and rightfully so, the concerned because he talks about how perhaps uh, it's not all le- all legal scholars don't necessarily agree that Roe v. Wade is settled law. Mm-hmm. He has said publicly that he believes it is settled law. This email contradicts that. The other side just says he was representing legal scholars who don't believe that it is settled law. So it is possible that he was just stating a fact or it is possible uh, that once he gets on the Supreme Court, now it's going to be mostly five to four, six to three conservative here now. Um, it's possible that 
he'll go down that road and uh, agree with those legal scholars that he was referring to in that email that it is not settled law. So that's why, again, going back to the protesters and a lot of people are concerned uh, when it comes to their reproductive rights. So it, I understand this is a really hot button. Uh, that's very hot. No, I would argue there is no hotter button no. than the abortion uh, debate in this country. And uh, so I get the concerns coming from the left on that and even some uh, women on the right. There are some Republicans who are also pro-choice. When it comes to, um, again, Citizens United, uh, when it comes to Roe v. Wade, that's still up for debate. And uh, there's one more thing that I just really disagree with him on, and I'm forgetting about it now, Marcus. I don't know. What is it? I don't know what you disagree It's not on. his haircut. <laughs> it's not the haircut. It is, what was, the, well, he has, you know, because he was now, he's been uh, uh, in D.C. When for he, 10 years. Are you talking about like when he lied under oath about knowing about uh, post 9-11 spying? Well, he does, yes. Okay, so yeah, he does do that. He did, well, I mean, the the emails i suppose did he lie under oath officially uh it's not it's another one of those things that's somewhat murky it's kind of a what did you know when uh, type of thing that's uh, almost impossible to prove conclusively, uh, but really it, uh, you could kind of draw conclusions either way. Uh, it's a very nebulous thing, uh, although it is enough to jump on. You know, mm. it is it is definitely enough to say that maybe this guy's ethics aren't as clear cut uh, as he likes to make himself out to be. So, of course, and uh, obviously going back to what we already discussed with Donald Trump and uh, Kavanaugh's previous statements about the power of the presidency. He sees the executive branch of government as quite significantly powerful. And uh, so he doesn't believe or doesn't think that a sitting president should be impeached and things like that. Yeah. So he would be a big win uh, for Donald Trump if that ever does end up going to the Supreme Court, which I don't think it ever will, but maybe it will. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's possible for, uh, it's definitely possible for the Democrats to block this one. Uh, it's if they get, if all well, the Democrats go and if they get Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, then they can do it. Maybe, but I think it's going to end up, I think uh, some Democrats are going to end up voting for him. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be like 54 uh, 46, something like that. I mean, that's one of the aggravating things when it comes to the spectacle. Yeah, it is. There is a lot of theater. I understand it's important. This man's going to be there for 30 years uh, or longer if he gets to uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's age or Breyer, I believe, also was 90 years old when he when he resigned. Uh, and now, of course, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 85 years young. Mm -hmm. So he could be there, uh, you know, for 40 years. As far as we know, people are living longer. We're healthier. Yeah. And he is, he's got a fat head, <laughs> but he looks fairly healthy. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole the whole charade was quite fascinating to watch, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of people on the left, are very upset, and a lot of people on the right are saying, "Get on with it." It's basically a foregone conclusion that Brett Kavanaugh will be the next Supreme Court justice in the United States. Um, now, of course, a lot of people say Donald Trump shouldn't even be able to do this at this point with all the investigations going on and things like that. But then other people believe that the investigations themselves are unconstitutional, which will be really interesting. Again, having someone like a Kavanaugh on the bench when it comes to Mueller, it is possible that the uh, like, you know, Paul Manafort, um, some of the defense that I've heard is to throw out everything 
that all the convictions if the Supreme Court deems the special counsel not constitutional. Mm -hmm. And that is up for debate. And it seems like someone like a Kavanaugh would be more in line to say that it's not constitutional given his past statements. So who knows? This entire thing, this whole special counsel, if it does go up there just as far as like, is it legal to have this sort of inside movement to try to perhaps remove a president uh, or, you know, inside uh, situation occurring there to try to remove a president if it's even constitutional or not we you know it hasn't been decided yet it's a, it's a big gray area mm-hmm. so Kavanaugh could decide on something like that also so really the the hope for the Democratic Party is they can pick up some seats in the House I, I don't think they're going to be able to win the Senate as a matter of fact there are some people saying that they're going to end up losing seats there's 10 Democrats who are in heavily Trump country uh, such as uh, Heidi Heidkamp out of North Dakota. And, of course, you have Joe Manchin, who I think is going to be fine out of West Virginia because he's really gone, I would argue, may- maybe a center-right mm-hmm. uh, Democrat. But who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's it's an uphill battle. I mean, there are other people saying that the Democrats do actually have a path to take back the Senate. Uh, and what uh, a, an article I read today uh, says that it's going to swing one way or the other. It's pretty much oh, sure. either Republicans are going to gain seats or Democrats. Are gonna, like, there's it's not going to like end in a stalemate. Yeah, like, it's going to it's definitely it's going to be either Democrats lose seats or uh, Democrats take back the Senate. There's not really going to be much of a give, or there's not going to be much of a middle ground. The enthusiasm from the from the Democrats, it's definitely there, as mm-hmm. we uh, mentioned with some of the more grassroots candidates, uh, grassroots candidates uh, taking out uh, you know these really long-established Democratic figures. But my God, man, these the Trump support is so significant and they're so into it i was just we were over in seattle so weird and we had a great bumper shoot was awesome it was it was a lot of fun thanks to everyone that we met there they were all everyone was fucking great yeah oh they were wonderful and and we saw we saw uh j cole we Uh, did we didn't see we heard him (laughs) we heard him apparently he's really good yeah and people chromio is a band oh yeah um, I think it's it's fun. It makes me think of what's the name of the guy, the Russian from the X Men. Uh, you talking Colossus? Colossus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I picture when I think of Chromio. That's pretty good. But then he's not entertaining in a way that, like song and dance. No, I don't want to sing. Or, or I, if Colossus requests you to dance, it's because he's got like a gun to your feet. He's quite stoic. He's mean. <laughs> no, he's very nice. Oh, well, is he nice? Yeah, he's Russian. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> that's fine. So we had a great time, but I went out to a bar, a nice little Irish pub. It was in a mall. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fun? Yeah. You don't see Irish pubs in malls very often. I guess not. I, it was the first time I ever saw it. And uh, I guess it's kind of fun. You can get some new shoes, and then you can get really drunk, and you can leave the shoes at the bar, <laughs> uh, which is probably happening quite uh, quite regularly. But I get to the bar, and I get a harp lager. You don't, you have harp before? Yeah. It's really good lager. Mm-hmm. Don't you like it? Why are you turning into a dad right now? <laughs> like, boy, you know, you never, you ever see a, an Irish pub in a mall, but that's, that's kind of weird. You don't so anyway, see it very often. So anyway, I got a got a harp lager. You ever had one of these? You ever had one of these harp lagers? No. They're they're pretty good. Well, on this episode. So anyway, of, uh, this week of last podcast, Marcus <laughs> utters the sentence. And another interesting thing about wag, what was it? Wagon trains. Wagon, wagon trains are train. fascinating. Yes, I know. Whatever. <laughs> 
But our vloggers are very good. They are. They are. You ever have one? Uh, yes. All right. And I'm talking to this guy, and like the first thing, I'm just like, yo, bro, what's up? And the first thing he says is, oh, yeah, nothing. I'm just like one of the most unique people you ever meet, a Republican from California. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah, first, number one. And also, it's like you're not that unique. And then he went on to talk about how much he believes Donald Trump is the greatest president in the history of the United States. Uh-huh. But you, the the amount of uh, energy that the conversation was giving him, he was pumping himself up more and more each time he would talk about the guy. So I think there is a uh, this this notion of an enthusiasm gap on the right, which was sort of a preconceived notion. Uh, you know, just talking about the blue wave. And I've talked about all that stuff uh, a lot as well. But I just feel like the enthusiasm on the right is is still there, at least with this, you know, with that populist base that he managed to uh, uh, s- assemble for himself. It's kind of crazy. It's I think it's more desperation because that guy you you been, you hear about this more and more where these Trump supporters like they just bring it up. Like apropos, well, of it was nothing. part of his personality now, and he was a nice yeah. guy. He was nice enough. He did get a little bit, you know. He definitely started slamming his hand on the table yeah, quite yeah. hard, and I'm like, I don't know. I I can be surrounded by chaos. I'm fairly comfortable in chaos. Yeah, I mean, it's more than but, personality; it's identity. It's, yeah, it it's, was significant. It is full on identity. Because uh, it was funny because you were telling me and Henry that story, and and Henry said that he was uh, at the airport uh, in like one of the restaurants or something like that, and some dude came in wearing his MAGA hat looking around at everyone just daring someone yeah. to say something to him and no one gave a shit right like no one cared it's like these people are just trying like and this guy he opens his con- he opens the conversation with <laughs> yeah. i'm one of the, just one of the most unique people you ever see like they're trying they're they are trying to invite persecution they want to be persecuted so bad right, they right. just they just want it so bad yeah and i think they're they're desperate because it's like uh remember the episode of the simpsons the barbecue episode where the pig mm. flies through the air mm-hmm. and it's like oh it's just a little slimy it's still good it's still good yeah that's what trump supporters kind of seem like right now yeah it's like every it, it's just a little slimy it's still good it's still good and i it, think that it was still good though <laughs> wasn't the pig still the pig, didn't they? he ate the pig no 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 he didn't eat the pig because remember the pig eventually uh went out into the dam and then it flew out into the air and into the distance oh. and then they never saw the pig again. Hmm. And that's what the Trump presidency is about to do now. <laughs> it's about to hit a dam, uh, go airborne, uh, and uh, and we'll never be seen again. Well, the, one of the things that they Which always, hope. as long as the economy continues to do what it's doing right now in jobs, they just had the jobs report yeah. out today. So all it's that stuff is where they... It's just a continuing trend that began in the Obama administration. I mean, um, it's not something that Trump can take credit for. Oh, he will. He will. Well, some of the deregulation has helped a little bit with that, but who knows um, how long that's going to last. We just don't know. And as we've said before on this show, you can kind of see the bubble being blown up right in front of our eyes. And at some point, uh, it will uh, burst. And if it does burst, which it seems like, as we talked about, I think two episodes regarding what uh, former Fed chair Ben Bernanke was talking about, it'll do it should be right around 2019. But when I was talking with this guy, uh, it's funny because, you know, he the, he was aware of such a thing. He's like, it'll probably happen during his second term. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, um, which is a possibility. I suppose it could. I suppose he could be reelected. And then um, which is po- I mean, again, the enthusiasm Possible. is just all there. 
you know, he's he's riling these folks up. And of course, the economy and the jobs are some of the bigger issues. And then, of course, we also have now that it's football season. He has the right to uh, love the flag. We have you uh, can love the flag again. Good, yes, good, good, good. I know I, you I were also, worried about that. I, I know he also told some people that uh, he's going to save Christmas too. Yes, yeah. he's going to thank God. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. He's it saving need, Christmas needs, is back. It needs saving. Yeah, because you know Christmas has really been taking a downturn lately. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not the consumerism, the commercialization of the holiday yeah. uh, that ruined it. No, it was that we that it was the Starbucks cups. Yeah, I want more flair. Yeah. How 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 hard is it, Starbucks? <laughs> Come on. So he's saving Christmas. That that culture war stuff is really fascinating. It's what gets him up top, man. Yeah, they love it. And that was definitely one of the things, you know, this man certainly did find his identity. He was a lot like Garth in Wayne's World mm-hmm. when he just goes on the uh, the marketing blitz wearing all the Reeboks clothes and all that <laughs> you stuff. You know, it's just really sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just sad. <laughs> movie totally holds up, by the way. It does. I it love does. I watched it recently. But it's really our entire life. Yeah. We're like we're like Wayne's World. It, it is cool, yeah. It's yeah. fucking great. Oh, yeah, I, I think the, the, it's the enthusiasm is turning into desperation. Uh, and then when... When this whole when the wheels come off of this whole train, uh, then I I think it will turn to uh, blind anger, uh, and I think at when mm. this presidency eventually derails, like when when it all comes crashing down, because it will. Uh, well, it, it has to. It has to. I mean, we can't keep going like this. It's absolutely going to come crashing down. I think we're going to go through a short but dangerous period of time. Well, that's been called for already, mm-hmm. uh, talking about how if they lose the midterms, there's going to be violence, these sorts of things. I don't think that the president should be. Um, he's he's the the excuse was he's not calling for violence. He's just saying what's going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of calling for violence. It's, that's calling too. for violence. But remember, everybody out there, you know, listeners, uh, the only you know, I, I know everybody. It's a feeling of helplessness that we've had uh, for so long now, for two years now. We are about to get a chance to actually do something. Like if you going out and voting. Uh, in November, it is extremely important this time. It's not one of those things where you can rely on your neighbors to do it and say, someone's going to take care of this for me. You actually have to go out and do it. Like voting this time will matter. And you need, you cannot listen Mm. to your cynicism and say both sides are corrupt. You can't listen to uh, your friend who says that it's absolutely uh, and completely useless. You've got to go out and actually cast your vote. Mm-hmm. Vote for Jill Stein. Uh, get out there. Vote for the Steiner. Yeah, uh, everything will be totally fine. Uh, when it comes to foreign policy, uh, Donald Trump in North Korea, Kim Jong Un is back in the news. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? Their their bromance is back on. I love that. Yeah, the same day that uh, you know people can't you know that uh, what is it. Woodward's book, the same week that Woodward's book came out, uh, Donald Trump made sure to send a tweet to one of the most brutal dictators in the world thanking him for his support. Uh, so that's, you know, everything, it's, it's smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Real well, smooth sailing. He is meeting now. Kim Jong-un, he's going to meet with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Kim Jong-un has said that he is still, uh, denuclearization is still on the table. Although this is what they have said time and time and time again. So I get the feeling that they just say that, and then our little tails go up, and we say, really? Is it possible? Ooh, Ooh, that's a spicy meatball. Let me try some of that. Oh, my God. And it turns out that meatball isn't spicy at all. 13 or 14 times now. So many times. I mean, I don't believe it one bit. 
Uh, so that is interesting, though. He is going to go again, meet with Pompeo. And certainly Kim Jong-un has been more open than his than his father and his grandfather before him. So who knows what can happen uh, with all of that. But if you listen to what we've heard from Bob Woodward and this book, Fear, uh, that's where a lot of the concern is when it comes to Donald Trump's foreign policy. If you go back and read that op-ed in the New York Times as well, and again, I put your name on it. That's my a, a little bit aggravating, but they talk about foreign policy, and that is a concern for a lot of more established Washington insiders that Donald Trump just doesn't really know what he's doing. And then, of course, they claim, uh, Bob Woodward as well, but certainly in this op-ed, that he has a lack of interest in a- in actually understanding foreign policy. Yeah. And he does, uh, he, you know, but it's really nothing we haven't heard before. And he just kind of uh, plays it where it lies. Uh, but that is where a lot of people uh, think that he is a possible or think that he is a threat to the country. Of course he is. I mean, they say, uh, what is it, that he has a fifth or sixth grader's understanding of the world? Uh, and well, everything you need to learn, you learned in kindergarten. So he's actually, <laughs> that's actually, that's five grades more wow, than that. That's so. good. No, I, I think okay. I might have peaked in sixth grade. Yeah, maybe. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, guys, Ben Kissel here for Quip. Be honest, is your dentist always happy with you at the end of your appointments? Do you change your brushes regularly? Brushing your teeth is one of the most important things you do every day for your health, but so many of us brush our teeth incorrectly or for not enough time. That's why Quip is here to help you brush better. Quip's a small, sleek electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes you see in stores, while still packing the powerful vibrations of those bigger brushes. There's no chargers or wires, making keeping your teeth clean easy at home or on the go. My favorite feature is the built-in timer that uses guiding pulses to help you switch sides and make sure you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes. Quip subscription plans aren't just crazy convenient, they also keep you healthy. Quip delivers new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule. Every three months, you'll get a new brush head for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. Quip comes with a wireless mirror mount that declutters your bathroom and doubles as a travel cover, so it's easy to have fresh breath wherever your travels take you. I'm not the only person that loves Quip. Quip was on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip each day. Still not sure? Quip is designed to last and is covered for the life of your plan, and you can return it for up to 30 days if it's not love at first brush. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash top hat right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash top hat, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash top hat. I mean, this guy, he's a, a, he has not a bone of intellectual curiosity in his body. Uh, he, we knew that from the absolute beginning, and now it's really starting to, it's really starting to come out. Uh, the, the op-ed letter, it just, the op-ed letter, it fucking makes me sick because what uh, it tells me, uh, and mm. it's something that, the, you know, whoever wrote it, they said themselves, right? And it's like, you know, despite this, we've been able to get some really great things through, like yeah. tax cuts and deregulation 
and the you know the strengthening of our military so okay so what you're telling me is you have allowed this monster that you know is a monster and you know is dangerous and you know is unpredictable you have allowed him to stay in office so you can get tax cuts put through so you can get so you can get your policy put through you don't give a fuck about the country you don't care but that's why that's again that's why donald trump that's why i mean he has higher approval ratings than Ronnie Reagan. Yeah. I mean, this stuff, it's like, so that's the crazy thing that we all have to understand. It's like when people say impeachment is, is, you know, definite, the presidency is possibly over. It's just, there are, he has such a huge amount of diehard fans that I think when people hear this story coming out of the New York Times, this op-ed, this blind op-ed, talking about how he removes some papers from the desk, how he tries to thwart uh, all of Donald Trump's desires. Uh, he calls himself part of the resistance from the inside. All that does is make Donald Trump not seem crazy. Yeah. When Donald Trump talks about how they want to stop him on the inside, and then you got this guy being like, we're working on it, then it validates Donald Trump's paranoia. Yeah. And it, so it doesn't help anything. That's why I'm just, it's, it's strange to me. The New York Times, I don't know if it was a good idea to publish uh, and not bad without a name. I, I just don't know, don't know because don't know we also didn't it, learn anything. And the right is taking this as definitive proof of this ugh, this term, the deep state. Yeah, they're taking this as definitive proof that all of that stuff is real. And you know, obviously with the Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, all that stuff. This is plays to their narrative just as much as the left as it plays to their narrative. I mean, really, if this guy is, I mean, just speaking totally objectively, if what this person is saying is true, it's a shadow coup. I mean, you have people that are running the government that were not elected to run the government. Right. Uh, and they're making the biggest policy decisions. Uh, and it's as terrifying as it is, you know, to think that, you know, Trump would be making every policy decision that there is. I'm mm. glad he's not. But if he is not able to do his job, 25th Amendment is ass. Like, just take him out of there. Because what they're essentially Mm. saying is that he is unfit to do his job. They believe he is unfit to do his job. So instead of... And that's the amazing thing about it is that uh, the writer mentions a constitutional... Like, like they say he actually... I I don't get it because he says in order to avoid the constitutional crisis, we are refusing to invoke the Constitution. Yeah, it's really... Elizabeth Warren has been talking about the 25th Amendment. A lot of Dems have been. I don't know if it's going to help in a general you know the abolish ice stuff i think you you know i'm not sure if these things are going to help out uh in a general um election but certainly in the in the areas that those people are from it's it's uh, a political winner for them but when it comes to um this guy uh talking about you know doing the things to thwart the plan it it, we have to remember at some point the shoe is going to be on the uh on the other foot at some point there's going to be a politician I don't know, maybe whoever it might be that you like. And if you heard people trying to thwart uh, his or her uh, presidency from inside non-elective officials, it's not a good it's not a good thing. And it's not a good precedent for the country, because as we're seeing now, we're confirmation uh, and laws 51 uh, in the Senate. That's all you need. Back in the day, it was 60. As we see every time the foot, uh, you know, the shoes on the other foot, uh, you the, the, the rules are the same. I mean, and so they can use this against a politician, uh, even a, a congressman or a senator um, that they don't like. They can they can you know treat this as sort of like a new normal, and it really isn't normal to have people working for someone and then actively trying to 
make their uh, policies um, moot. Well, I would like to think that in the future, or just at, at any time, I would like to think that the person we elect to the highest office in the land uh, is clever enough uh, to see that people are snatching things off his desk and clever enough to realize well, that I mean, I, the things you that... you got a lot of stuff on the desk. Yeah, he does have a lot of papers on his I, desk. I know to he be does. Fair. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, but like actual policy decisions, you think he'd be able to keep that all straight in his mind, what his beliefs are, what he, what direction he actually wants to take the country in, that he actually has a plan. Like, that's what I want, yeah. that there's a plan. And Trump has no plan. He's a, he's a beast. You know, he's a beast that lurks in the corner and snaps and snaps out uh, when he feels threatened. Don't make him sound cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, if you well, want, if you want a great, uh, I don't know. go read Trans Metropolitan again. Oh, if you haven't Trans read it, Met's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's if you want, the like the way uh, you know the 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 beast the character of the first president yeah, yeah. is described uh that's very close to trump yeah i'm gonna like, have a harp logger and read that tonight actually <laughs> i love transmit go back and read transmit it, it's fucking great and i think it makes uh, a lot more sense now than than it ever has and but one Marcus, day after we get this we're gonna have the smiler after trump oh, you just no. uh, yeah it's gonna be that kennedy boy Oh, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I guarantee you, it's, sure it's going to be that redheaded Kennedy boy. He's you the think so. He's the smiler. Mark my words. <laughs> okay, it's a bold prediction made by Marcus Parks. Mark it. Mark it's it. jotted down. It's. <laughs> I've, I just jotted that I just, down. I, we're jotting it. Well, it, I. But I do want to stress once again. Uh, it is. It's strange to me to have uh, a an unsourced op-ed yeah. or not not unsourced unnamed source op-ed and then this guy is i mean if you work at burger king and you're not making the burgers right you got to get out of here if you're putting mcdonald's patties on burger king burgers what are you doing but that's the thing that's, is if that's you're putting McDonald's, hashtag resistance if you're putting mcdonald's patties and the burgers are selling better what are you gonna do well you gotta you gotta change the whole damn thing <laughs> Exactly. You got to change the whole damn thing. Rip it all out. Mike Pompeo in response. Because now, because we don't know, everyone, I mean, the White House has got to be, this guy is Richard Nixon on steroids when Mm -hmm. it comes to paranoia. But again, if there are actual people trying to destroy him from within, which is happening apparently, according to this op-ed, maybe it's warranted. But that's got to be such a contentious, strange White House at this point. Who can you trust? It's like the movie The Thing. Yeah. Who is uh, the thing in this situation who is trying to end or kill this presidency? That's the very, very important presidency. Uh, this is according to Mike Pompeo. He was on the, he's going to India. Mm-hmm. He travels a lot. He does. Secretaries of state. You got to spend a lot of times in planes, but they're nice planes. He says he uh, he says this about the op-ed. He says I come from a place where if you're not in a position to execute the commander's intent, you have a single option that is to leave. Mm. So he recommends that this individual leave. And I kind of also, um, I, I think that that's probably what should happen because this person, I don't feel, I get a little bit annoyed by people being like, without me, this whole nation would fall apart. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't, who are you, number one? And number two, you want your pension. You want your paycheck. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend like you're doing this uh, to save the union. Who do you I, think it is? Man, if I had to guess, uh, I would say maybe a Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne's um, one of the. She's think, one of the front runners. Yeah, she she. Uh, well, first of all, her husband is really in opposition to Donald Trump, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that relationship works. Um, 
mean, uh, I don't think it's Mike Pence. I don't think it's Jared Kushner. It's not one of the family. I don't believe. Uh, you know, it could be someone. I mean, honestly, it could be. I wouldn't know if like Lindsey Graham would would uh, count as a, as a person big within the White House necessarily. I'm not quite sure who it is, obviously. When, you know, yeah, Ke- Kellyanne seems to be the, because uh, people are going nuts analyzing this thing. It's like, well, you know, it sounds like a woman wrote it because it has a maternal tone to it or mm, some shit sure. like that. Uh, my, but my favorite little piece of detective work uh, is uh, concerning Mike Pence being the author uh, because of one word. Lodestar, because <laughs> apparently Mike Pence loves using the word Lodestar what? in speeches. He's been using Lodestar in speeches since like 2001. Really? Yeah. Someone went through and just found all of these instances of Mike Pence using the word Lodestar. Because who the fuck says Lodestar? I, Mike Pence. <laughs> the only, well, that's a good point. Okay, so we yeah. have a Lodestar. Yeah. That's a good piece of evidence. We also, I'm thinking, you know, um, season one of House of Cards. You got to get the president out so mm-hmm. you can be the president. Qui bono. Qui bono. Look who benefits, yeah. who has access to the White House or the um, the Oval Office. Mike Pence has a lot more access than most folks. Yeah. Perhaps it is Mr. Pence. It, I might have to reverse my earlier assessment. It could be, but there's also uh, one of the, some one of the reasons why people are pointing towards it. It wouldn't be Mike Pence because in the New York Times op-ed in the introduction, uh, mm-hmm. they say that this person cannot reveal their identity uh, for fear that their job would be jeopardized, and Mike Pence is the only person in the White House whose job would not be jeopardized Perhaps by writing this. But that's okay. also that could also just be like kind of a, a smokescreen there. Could be, yeah. But you know, and other people are saying that uh, this is like the first open. This is the opening move uh, right. on the chessboard of Mike Pence uh, becoming president. Because it's possible now, you know, if they get, you know, if uh, if and when they get in Brett Kavanaugh, uh, they've got their two Supreme Court justices. Right. Uh, they've got their tax cuts. They've got all kinds of shit. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Now get the idiot out of there before wow. he killed. Pretty much they gambled that the idiot wouldn't kill us all by this time. And so now, uh, especially, you know, with the midterms coming up, uh, get start laying the groundwork now mm-hmm. uh, so they, you know, they could possibly impeach him by January. All They're just, right. uh, the groundwork is starting to be laid. And because now if they have this mm. op-ed out there, they can come out later and say like, actually, no, wait, I was a part of the resistance. I was I was on your side the whole time. It was me. The I was on your side the whole time. So they can jettison Trump and they can say, oh, we were always against him. We were just against him in private hashtag resistance mm-hmm. defense secretary james mattis people have also said perhaps it's him i don't think so but yeah. who knows once again we just don't know but load I'm all, star loads is load star <laughs> load star. now what would be the meaning of that <laughs> so it, it sounds fucking disgusting it does also the man who has a roomba on the on his upper lip mr john bolton <laughs> i could see john bolton who i had a chance to meet multiple times over there at the fox news channel he uh, he might be uh, a little bit angry with Donald Trump because, of course, he didn't get a job in his administration until he was basically the last guy, the last possible option. And uh, Donald Trump did not hire him initially because of his mustache. And Mr. Bolton is very partial to that mustache. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps he's been speaking to his mustache. <laughs> and his mustache is like, never forget what he said to me and about me. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Mustache, what's that? Um, so who knows? 
uh, if it is John Bolton. He's surrounded by so many um, people that are also media types, and oftentimes media types are a little bit more casual or cavalier when it comes to spilling the beans of current situations. Mm-hmm. What does Lodestar mean? It's a star that leads or guides. I mean, it's like the North Star. But it was a load star. Yeah. And it is also one that serves as an inspiration model or guide. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It's an archaic word. No one says it anymore. No. It's, but, man, but, if that's in there. Yeah. That's a big tell right there. It's a big tell. I mean, and that's, and Kellyanne Conway, like, she's sort of. She went on Morning Joe and kind of like, Lodestar, boy, that's a weird word. Wonder who uses the word Lodestar a bunch. Really? Yeah. All so right. she's she's kind of putting her head a little bit towards uh, Mike Pence without saying like, hey, it's Mike Pence because he uses that weird word and he's a weird guy who calls his wife mother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, man. When it comes to Pence, when it comes to, uh, you know, he was, if you talk to the folks of Indiana, they do not. Indianapolis was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But my goodness, did they not like Mike Pence. Oof. So they're all anyone. That's the whole thing with impeach all this stuff. It's like the next guy up. It's not, you know, he's perhaps more intelligent, I suppose, mm-hmm. and more of a statesman and not as divisive yeah. as uh, as the man that we have there now who has sort of built a reverse coalition of dividing everyone except for, uh, you know, some folks who whose hatred aligns with his. Yeah. Well, and so other people are saying that the writer put the word lodestar in there to throw the scent towards Mike Pence, which mm. if Kellyanne Conway is out there saying like, hey, check out Mike Pence, mm-hmm. that points more towards it being Kellyanne Conway. Well, that's a whodunit. And to me, that is a little bit more interesting than what we found out. Yeah. Because I mean, well, we've known, well, we, we know this. Yeah, what well, we found out. I mean, it's it's really, it's hard to know what to feel these days because you, you know, we, you know, quote unquote, know this stuff. You know, these are things that, you know, we uh, have, we've heard whispers of, uh, but then when it actually comes out, then we all kind of think like, all right, cool. That we knew that, like knew we quote unquote knew that already. But we got to remember that you know this is not just this is confirmation, you know that mm. these things are happening. It's it's not before it was just kind of rumors, you know, fire and fury, Amorosa, like it all makes sense. But then when something like this comes out, it's like this is confirmation that this is real. Well, or I mean, yeah, you know, the flip side of that is, or it's proof of a concerted effort. To come up with a story as to why we have to get Donald Trump out of office, because that's what they're saying now as well with, uh, you know, how all the narratives are the same. Mm -hmm. They're like, see proof. Yeah, they're thinking of it. They're colluding Uh against the president of the United States uh, to take him out. From within, Eric Stahlwald did a. Um, he's a congressman. He's a Democrat. He he was uh, did an interview with Tucker Carlson, and I thought it was actually interesting because you know the question is, do would you want an aide going in there and riling up your papers and throwing away things and keeping things, uh, you know, from you so that you could not fully do your job? It's a dangerous thing to do, especially on the level of a president of the United States of America. Um, and he talked about how. Because Congress is no longer a check right now, the Republican Party has done nothing to check the power of Donald Trump. They have really just kind of given to his will. The Freedom Caucus has a lot of power now with them. And so Jim Jordan being kind of the head of that. So he's talking about and he mentioned, I don't know if this was a a, a slip or not, but talked about how so we needed another form of government or another institution of government. And I think that's really 
where some of the people, and I am like, I don't like it, um, where some of the people are feeling a little bit of uh, nervousness and some uh, some pause because even d- despite the fact when I didn't vote for this guy, I think he's doing when he, it's ridiculous what time we're living in. Yeah. Mean, it's ridiculous to even have these conversations that we have to have. But at the same time, he was, as everyone says, duly elected. Mm. And we have to abide by the will of the people. Otherwise, the entire institution is going to it's going it's going to have a as, as I mentioned before. When someone's in office, that's your like. If you hear about this stuff happening and they're like, well, you did it to Trump, and that's all that freaking happens now. Yeah. It's like, well, Obama did it. And it's like, well, you hated it when Obama did it. Yeah. But now you got the power, so you're going to do it and vice mm-hmm. versa. So that's my only concern, and I want to have a little bit of pause. I don't like this idea of, of government workers actively trying to thwart a president. I mean, it just is what it, he got elected. Elections have consequences. It very much tells you that the system is uh, completely and totally broken because what, well, uh, you know, because Congress is supposed to provide a check and, ba- you know, tr- supposed to provide checks and balances towards the executive branch. I don't think the system is broken. The yeah. players aren't playing. Well, I mean, you know, the system is the si- the system's The fact that we are, we will get through this, yeah. and that'll be a testament to the system. Yeah, you think so? Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, I, I I hope so because we I have mean, to. We have to. What's the other option? <laughs> no other option. I yeah. I mean, there are there are other outcomes. Uh, well, there, are, there are definitely other more dangerous, not uh, not so much fun outcomes here. You know, if uh, the system is broken, then you know other people have to play. Like if the okay, say the players aren't playing. Like let's go with that. The players aren't playing, so other people are stepping in to play that role and it's terrifying because it's just who these people they? who are these people like, I don't, try, who, I don't like, like government employees <laughs> yeah. have you ever worked with a government or had to deal with a government employee yeah. over the phone it's a nightmare yeah who are these people we don't know who these people are like we're, we didn't elect them to, but on the other hand like shit when you elect someone they don't always do what they say they're gonna do anyway like what what do we do now? Where it seems like we're painted into this weird, surreal nightmare, uh, and I I don't know where we are. I don't know what hey, we're doing. Uh, there's just we're completely and totally rudderless. Our country Woo. is splintered. It, yeah, woo! No rudders. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a heck of a boat right that, there. That's a good boat right there. That boat ain't got no rudders on it. You're gonna have a hell of a Saturday. I'll tell you that. Oh sure. Uh, sure. But you know our country seems to be splintered into a million different factions. Everyone's got their pet project their pet oh, belief yeah. uh and uh, you know i i just don't know uh where to go from here i don't know how the hell to to get out of this well you gotta put the rudder back on we gotta find the rudder first finding the rudder we don't even know where the rudder is my i'll friend. show you a rudder <laughs> so well yes i mean anyway it is uh it is an interesting situation mm-hmm. to say the you least. know what it is a developing situation. It's a developing situation, <laughs> to quote Bill Pitto from many, 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 many episodes ago, the former newscaster from ESPN. Great guy. Great guy. Wonderful man. So that's basically the news of the week. We got the book. We got Kavanaugh. The Kavanaugh thing will continue to follow. It, I don't. I just don't see how it's not a, a foregone conclusion that it's going to be the next Supreme Court justice. You know, it was a little bit aggravating, uh, you know, Cory Booker talking about how this is going to be his Spartacus moment and standing up. And, you know, it's really easy to be the opposition party. Mm -hmm. The Democrats, you know, that's it's the best. You It's really what you want, Mm -hmm. because then you can just vote no or yes. And your decision really has zero consequence. Um, So we'll see if they ended up if they end up getting uh, more seats in the House. 
Uh, we'll see if they're actually able to even do anything because it's not like these seats. And uh, I mean, I think that we do need to go back to what Marcus was talking about. We do need to have a little bit more checks and balances. And so the opposition party uh, taking the House would probably be beneficial for the de- democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people, if the Dems do take the House back, a lot of those Dems are going to be coming from Republican-leaning districts, more center-right districts. So it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to get what they want anyway. Nope. You know, just as the the right has Freedom Caucus, has their, you know, evangelicals uh, wing, has their, you know, really sort of uh, fiscally conservative wing, your libertarians, things like that. The Democrats have a lot of different um, people as well. We have people who believe, you know, universal health care, um, single payer, and then you have people that are total moderates on that, believing they just want to keep the system as it is and retool Obamacare from from the inside. So there's a lot of people. You know, some are, you know, the the immigration debate on the left, it's it's significant as well. The Mm -hmm. abolish ICE movement, which I don't fully see how that's going to work in a general. But um, and then you have more moderate people who are like, you know, don't you can't just get rid of ICE. Yeah. Um, But nonetheless, so uh, if they do end up taking it, it's still not a guarantee that they're going to get what they want. Nope. Um, So that's why, again, yeah, just get out there and vote. It should be a lot of fun. And I do feel now. People are going to feel better after. Well, we'll see what happens. But yeah. the fact that people get a chance to vote, I think there's some steam being let out. Um, but, yes, the Trump support is still there. The Trump opposition is certainly alive and well. And it's coming from within the house. <laughs> the White House. The phone call coming from within the home. Um, all right. Well, that's basically the biggest news of the week. Marcus, did you enjoy anything? <laughs> You mean this week? Yes. Uh, as far as the news goes, or just in just ju- news? Just, uh, just news. What about NAFTA? We're redoing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're do- we're redoing NAFTA. A lot of people uh, are concerned about. Was it the president? The president saying that the New York Times op-ed is treason. Okay, okay, that's that's punishable by death. Yeah, it is. Didn't that's like interesting. Didn't actually, like that. No news. I like the new Spider-Man game. That's news. That is news. I'm gonna check that Spider-Man it's, game. It's out. very fu- the new Spider-Man game is very fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did see a really cute video of a corgi trying to get into a chicken coop. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Give me into the chicken coop. Give me in the chicken coop." And then they put him in the chicken coop. And then he goes, "Give me out of the chicken coop. Give me out of the chicken coop." <laughs> he didn't want to be. He did, he got what he wanted. And then he realized, like, "Oh no, I'm scared of chickens." Well, that's just that's actually very appropriate. Yeah. It's an appropriate analogy to what's going on right now in the nation. Yeah. Now, now that I've great. got now that I've got a little corgi mix, I, I'm I'm getting pretty fond of corgi videos. Very cool. Also, uh, tensions with Iran are tweeting are tweeting up. Yeah, but uh, they are heating up and tweeting up. Yeah, but corgis, they when they get, get scared, and yeah, they don't they want funny. something. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they're cute. They're really cute dogs. Mm-hmm. We also have some breaking news to close out the show this week. Uh, apparently, George Papadopoulos, of course, you all know and love, Mister Papadopoulos. Uh, he is he has been sentenced. Of uh-huh. course, he pled guilty to lying to the FBI. Um, and so, I'm guessing the sentence now. What are we? What's he staring at? He's staring at a fortnight. A fortnight. 14 days. 14 days. He got 14 days. <laughs> 14 days. Two weeks. Wow. I yeah. wonder if Paul Manafort's like, man, ah, I could have just talked to him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's 14 days. 14 days. So wow. he gave up some shit. He must have. He gave up <laughs> some big, big things. So oh, I, I got a feeling we're going to be hearing some uh, some pretty interesting facts from Mr. Papadopoulos. I mean, you can't even get to know your bunk 
bunkmate, you know? <laughs> I want a good, you want a solid month in there, have yeah. some food. I mean, you have to have some moments where you're like, woe is me, man. I've yeah. seen the sunrise and I've seen it set many, many times uh-huh. now. And then, but you, but you got to have like some moments. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. He's in and out. <laughs> Wow, it's still not going to be fun. No, although at this two weeks, two two hey, Stuart, weeks. What's the name of that guy who used to who made Super Size Me? Uh, Morgan, Morgan Spurlock. Spurlock. He did that for like a month. That little <laughs> ba- that little pudgy dude was in in prison for longer than that, and he yeah. did it for fun. I don't know. Fourteen days. It seems it seems like they were either tr- trying to be funny or they're it's being. Weird. Ta- it seems like a taunt. Yeah. To some, but I don't know who it's a taunt to. <laughs> I don't 14. know. It seems like a message. Wow. Because 14 days is such an odd. It is. Sen- it's such a strange sentence. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like a taunt towards someone. I just don't know who. These guys Very are playing funny. a deeper game than we fucking know. It's the deep state, Marcus. Uh, See, you don't listen to me. Uh, God, if I, if I like Donald Trump, though. I would really like a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a better time. It would be Maybe a lot more fun. Maybe just flip your brain and just start liking him, and then, you, then you'll feel like we're in paradise. See, if you flip your brain to, like, QAnon and feel like Trump oh is my the one. God. If you feel like Trump is the one that's playing the deeper game, then you're going to have a lot more fun with your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, us, just, like, you just kind of read the news and process it like a rational human being. Oh, yeah. uh, then, you know, that's not – it's not too much fun. I don't have much fun doing it. I like it. I, I know like you, QAnon. I, you like it a lot, a lot more but if it's QAnon then all of a sudden you're in a movie you're in a novel if you read it, it's exciting yeah, it's very very exciting stuff yeah, I, absolutely I know Lionel by the way uh, the guy behind QAnon Lionel he's a maniac his name is Lionel uh, Lionel LeBron I met him at the green room for Russian television multiple times uh-huh. he's a crazy man <laughs> nuts yeah. QAnon my gosh yeah what a world we're living in um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening to the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Find me on Instagram at BenKissel1. Marcus Parks is Marcus Parks for everything. Yeah. Hail yourselves, everyone. Talk to you soon. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.